0: Ladies and gentlemen, grab a Lone Star beer. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Moving. You sound insane. Do you realize
1: that? Oh, yeah. It happened. The whole world got crazy. It's serious. It's showtime. That's, right. That's right. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We give you movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings before we get into our chosen movie of the week. Uh, Stay tuned for the end of our show, and we will give you a weekly recommend where we give you the newest thing that you need to get out and see or read or listen to or whatever, ASAP. This week's chosen movie, as it were, of the week is what, Richard? True Detective.
0: First HBO series we've done on this podcast, guys. I believe, if we don't count the Clear History episode, which was a TV movie.
2: Well, we did do the In Treatment podcast, but that was a few years ago. Stuff <laughs> week by week in treatment <laughs> Breakdown. <laughs> that great choice
1: there. That's the most random. <laughs> that is HBO the most show random you one choose. you
0: could have thinking of, thought of. I'm trying to jog my memory and remember that <laughs> show.
2: Gabriel Byrne masterpiece?
0: Yeah, I don't remember. Sorry, apologies. Hey, but we're all big fans of HBO here. We're all subscribers of the home box office, and you know these guys—they're—they're they're cranking out such great original content. And you know, some of this borderline is a movie. You know, it—it's uh, it's like mini series slash movie here. Um, certainly the. Um, production value of this True Detective series is up to the par of certainly a lot of um, Matthew McConaughey's most recent work, as well as as Woody Harrelson. They've done they've done quite a few movies together, I believe. They did Ed TV together back in the '90s, and they did one more <laughs> since then. I can't put my name on it. Y'all are gonna have to have to remind me of what it is.
1: Surfer dude. That was it, Surfer Dude. Dead serious, that's what it is.
0: That's what it's called, yeah, exactly. And But I want to ask you, Brian Gill, first, if you could give us your thoughts on, basic thoughts on this True Detective series uh, before we get into specifics. And, of course, save spoilers for later. But uh, what are your general thoughts on the first season of True Detective?
1: Um. One of the best I, I don't know if you could call this a TV series because it's really it really is a mini series, I guess would you when you say or an event series? I mean, I know they're doing other seasons of it, but it's it's gonna be a different thing every time. yeah, um whatever you want to call it, one of the best shows I've ever had the privilege of uh of watching i I, I man, this thing is this thing is next level, um, on what they're, what they're doing. And I, I love, I love the premise. I love the idea. I love the casting, obviously, uh, an American treasure and certainly a future American treasure. Um, I love treasure. That's right. And, uh, I love the setting. Um, man, this is, I, and I, I want to talk more later about the, uh, the format, because I think that honestly, that's the biggest part. Of, that's the biggest part of this story for me. But, uh, dude, just as a, as an eight episode miniseries or TV show or whatever, I just don't think you get much better than this. Um, it's it's powerful. It was horrifying at times, um, but the, but at the same time, the same. The, some of the best parts are the slow burn. Right, like they just keep you. He keeps you coming back for more, and it it draws it out, uh, the the plot and the various twists and turns and stuff. It gets drawn out so masterfully over the course of the eight episodes, just keeps you on the hook the whole time. And it always feel it always always felt very uh, organic to me. Like it didn't feel like it was a stretch, um, or that they were adding, you know, twists just to keep the Keep people hooked, or to keep the uh, keep it going for eight episodes. You know, like it didn't feel like a a stretch. It all felt very natural. And this is the length of time that it will take to tell this story um, in complete the depth that it deserves. Um, Man, this is I'm just so glad that that uh, this is something that we've gotten to be to, to do. I mean, this is just such a great show. I mean, there's a lot of great shows. We're in a we're in a a golden age for television, right? With with Breaking Bad and with Mad Men and um, you know, Sons of Anna, whatever else you, you, you want that you, that you love out there. This is, this is on level with, with all that stuff. And it is just, just otherworldly good.
0: I agree, man. It's so convincing. A lot mm. of it, you know, it, it, there's such a sense of reality here um, with the settings, with the people involved in this, the casting, especially um, it it really really is perfectly cast. Like you said, even you know the smaller characters, the little time that they get, they definitely take advantage of it. But it it does. It feels like a true story too. You know, yeah. it, uh, it there's definitely a huge huge reliance and sense of believability in what's going on here. I was hooked right from the beginning. You know, I yeah. I really. Really, really loved how they you know were cutting back and forth between um present not present day but two thousand and two, and it's Gosh. just uh, such a great format for this series you know to tell this these stories like I could totally see them using the same format for True Detective Season two, you know how they're cutting back and forth between the interrogations and people's descriptions of what happened and everything. But Richard, what are your thoughts? Initial thoughts on True Detective?
2: Yeah, um, so I've been binging because I was I was like five episodes behind, uh-huh. um, so I watched like the first three pretty much week by week, and then just caught up. Were the, yeah, and uh, so I kind of just and catch was caught up, so I caught up in the nice last two or three days, kind of like Brian did with Breaking Bad, frantically trying to get there. Yeah, um, so I have a very movie relationship with this story because it felt like. I was just always watching it, so it felt like kind of a constant movie. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a sucker for the flashback, flash forward, flash sideways thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that aspect of it. I love how they used it. It obviously makes uh, it complicated to write uh, and, uh, and hard to pull off from a director's point of view for the story. Uh, side of things, but I, it was done flawlessly. I, I think it's the best thing HBO's done since, I mean. Band of Brothers? Yeah, Sopranos, Band of Brothers, and Curb are going to be your top three, right? I mean, sure. I, I know Boardwalk Empire is good, but it's not really for me.
1: It's I mean, not this. I mean, it's not. Uh, I think you're, you're forgetting is fine, about Summer geez. High Tie, guys.
2: <laughs> That's true. You're right.
0: I, mean, I actually like so- Summer High Tie. I don't know why I said that, but go ahead.
2: But yeah, this is kind of a real bounce back for them, and I, I can't wait for, you know, hashtag True Detective season two uh, yeah, yes. to kind of see where they go. Whether this was just chalk this up to a really talented writing directing team, or just to the, you know, never failing, all overpowering year of McConaughey. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and you know, you got to wonder about how long ago they had planned this out. You know, I know McConaughey and Harrelson are both producers of this as well. So, you know, you got to think that they both took a huge discount to get this thing made. And it would be hard, especially now, to get McConaughey to agree to do something like this, oh, yeah. regardless of whether it's HBO with Harrelson. you got to think his price has significantly gone up in the past uh, six to eight months, especially. So, man, just to top off, like Mac- – the McConaughey last year with mud and the wolf of wall street and Dallas buyers club and freaking true detective.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're McConaughey baby.
0: Like he was giving a, an acceptance speech for best actor as like the, the episode before the season finale was airing on HBO. Like he mm-hmm. was, he's totally dominating like a, the male actors right now. It's just like people can't get enough. And you know, I wonder how much of the success of the show has to do directly with people's admiration and love of Harrelson and McConaughey together. Like, if this was two no names, right? Do you think this would well, have been as big a deal?
1: I think this is very successful no matter what because I I think it's a big deal. I, I do think it's a big deal, and I think people latched on to the format more than maybe even HBO thought that they would. Mm-hmm. But this is the perfect pair to have launch your your show, especially if you're doing something a little bit different like they are. Like this is. You hit McConaughey right at the right time, but he and Harrelson work so well together. Um, that's just—I mean, that's that's like if you sat in a room, somebody sat in a room and said, "Okay, here's what we want to do. What is the ideal group of uh, the the ideal circumstances that we can have? It would be what they got, you know, with Harrelson and McConaughey, and McConaughey completely taking off the way that he, he has over the last year." um man, and next year i mean this this coming year is gonna be just as well just as good for him like you can go ahead and chalk up uh best actor in a in a mini series win for him at the Emmys yeah, right like yeah. it's over definitely um go ahead there and there's a pretty good chance he's going to have uh, another Academy Award nomination coming uh, this time next year for either Interstellar or uh, what's the other one that he's doing that we were excited about? Uh, crap. Now I'm losing my mind. Now you see me too? <laughs> Obviously. Harrelson. Oh, I confused him, sorry. No, Imagine well, Interstellar. I had something else in my head. I was thinking of, who's in Inherent Vice? I had him in, in that in my head. That's just Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix in that. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, there's a good chance that he's going to see something for Interstellar as well, I think. So, man, what a run. What a run.
0: Yeah. And side note here, I find it really depressing that when you go to Woody Harrelson's IMDB page, it says, known for, (laughs) no country for old men, cheers, Zombieland, and now you see me. (laughs) Uh He probably seen that and is like, oh, geez. The exact... (laughs) Reason he doesn't the, even know he did that movie.
1: Don't yeah, worry that's about true. it.
0: That is probably true. He probably was under the influence the whole time making it anyway, <laughs> just to get through it. Crazy. But yeah, I, I agree, man. It's McConaughey brings so much to this show, and especially the last episode, which we'll talk about later. But did you guys feel as if the show was paced correctly between the eight episodes? Like, I I feel like it had a lot of peaks and valleys. Does that make sense? Like, I for me, the that- peak of the climax of the show was episode four and then falling, falling action, falling action, a lot of, you know, relationship drama and then big, big time action in the last episode. Yeah. But- so
1: I, I'm kind of with you. I think that, I think that four and five are the best episodes uh, yeah, and, and certainly the most I, I think intense. I think it, it. I think the first four or five episodes were about building, and then the back three episodes were about concluding what what took place. You know what I mean? Like they they set you up for. Uh, with, they built this entire world, and then the last two or three episodes are about bringing that all together and and closing it out for me. And so I'm with yeah. you. I think four. I mean, the way that four closes is. That's one of the greatest shots I've ever seen in anything, movie, TV, whatever. Um, yeah. That's just an, an um, that tracking shot is insane. The the difficulty of, of pulling that off and, and making that work, um, and then five I think was was just as good. And then after that, I think it. I'm not going to say it tailed off, but I definitely think that the the stakes lowered just a little bit cause you started to feel cause up to a certain point there was a lot of at least underlying suggestion that one of these two guys, whether it's, it's Marty or rust was in some way responsible for yeah. these crimes. And I love that they, they kept that um, in the back of your mind throughout those first, but after about the fifth episode, you know, that that's not the case and you're, you're just kind of waiting for it to get to a a conclusion, a conclusion, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I love the episode where the interrogators sort of clue Hart in
1: or Mm -hmm. Harrelson
0: in on the fact that they think McConaughey is a suspect. Yeah, man, what an amazing episode. And, you know, like I said earlier, the relationship between these two guys is what I liked the whole, like, uh, the fact that Hart's family was falling apart mm. and the fact that Hart's wife went to McConaughey's c- character, Cole, uh, for not only advice but for companionship. The the fight between them two after that happened. You you got to believe these guys like love each other. I mean, as actors, love each other deep down because they're a, you really, really feel like they're they, – could kill each other in that scene, especially Hart. Um, this is one of one of my favorite Harrelson roles ever. I mean, I know McConaughey is going to get a lot of the credit here, but I really liked what Harrelson brought to the table here oh, yeah, as well. Totally. Do you guys totally. feel
2: that way, Richard? He's such a um, way back human in real life. It's kind of fun to watch him really dive in. Uh, and uh, this character and his relationship with McConaughey is, I mean... They're back and forth. I'd love to see a documentary on like how they shot They shoot it quick, where there are a lot of takes, things like that. Yes. Normally I don't care about stuff like this, but in this show I definitely would love to see more of that.
0: I think I think honestly on HBO Go there's like behind-the-scenes videos because um, I know I watched a video about episode four about how they pulled off the, the tracking shot at the end of episode four when – when McConaughey storms the the drug Gosh. house. Yeah. Man, I want to go back and just talk about that a little bit. And touch on what you said, Brian, cuz wow, the climax of the series right there. And a moment worthy of of any Academy Award nominated film we've seen in yeah. a long time. It was it was reminiscent of the the car chase sequence in Children of Men. Remember yes, that sequence with yes, the motorcycles chasing them and everything? That's
1: exactly what I thought of when I watched that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, to me, that that shot in Children *Schindler's Men is the best shot that I, I don't, I don't know that I can say I've ever seen, but in the last ten or twenty sure. years, that's the best shot from a movie that I've that I've seen.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, I can't make an argument there, but
1: it. I heard that they did like
0: eight takes of this, uh-huh. but the amount of choreography that goes into it is is truly staggering and the the end result is (laughs) flawless i want to say it uh perfect the way that (laughs) martin hart woody harrelson's car like backs up to the scene at the very end Mm -hmm. and harrelson's actually driving it and looks back and they drive away it was just beautifully choreographed. And uh, I'm mean, sure people have, on the internet have been gushing over that scene for a long time. But trust us, if you haven't seen the show, that, that scene alone is worthy of every ounce of praise that has been poured upon it since since it came out. Like, yeah. that episode came out, and then the internet just went crazy. Like, that, it. was, that was better than every episode of Breaking Bad combined and, like, stuff like crazy stuff like that, people were saying.
1: It was magnificent. And, you know... Funnily, I think that from a camera work standpoint, you'll never, I don't think you'll ever see anything finer than that. I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. To me, the best scene in the whole series was when they stormed the meth compound. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because of, and it's partly because of the way that they set it up with the backing of, it was either Hart or Cole, I can't remember which, uh, describing what happened and and they're giving the, politically correct version, I guess, like the version that they wrote for the, uh, for their report, you know, and then you're seeing something completely different take place on the screen. Yeah. That is a, and it, man, that's a magnificent uh, sequence of events that just plays incredibly well, uh, and rolls all together so well, the way that, uh, uh, Fukunaga, Fukunaga like put it together, um, and structured it is man is is hey ma'am fam question
0: for you do you own a small business or are you a boss are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role well, let me tell you about ziprecruiter.com with ziprecruiter you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click in fact over 80 percent of jobs posted on ziprecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am? Fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms. that's BlueApron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
1: Spectacular.
0: Yeah. How There was a little bit of controversy surrounding this series over the past, you know, over the run of its show. About people saying that this show did a horrible job of respecting women i didn't get that vibe much other than the fact that the plot literally is trying to solve the murder of a woman um and of course the circumstances surrounding that disappearance of that woman and probably
2: not pleasant at all yeah no one respects alexandra daddario more than me i should say (laughs) sure absolutely
0: (laughs) but how did you i just wanted y'all's response to that like how did y'all feel that this show resp- respected women.
2: As someone uh, not in that camp, the last time I checked, um, I I don't even want to speak to that because I I can't. Right? I mean, I'm not a woman. I can't. I have no way of knowing.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say I didn't feel that way as watching it. Watching it, I didn't. Not to say you know I didn't think that the women were showed in a particularly good light, but I didn't feel. Well, I don't think anybody is showing a good light. No, yeah, yeah that's this yeah. is not a this is not a a bright show. I mean, this is a dark. This is about two people that a you know kind of hate each other, and b two people's families who are either non-existent or are falling apart before our very eyes. So you can't. It's hard to do that and be like you know everything is good and dandy here, um, but you know I I like Michelle Monaghan's performance here. Um, even though I, I don't feel like her character was developed particularly well, we didn't get a lot of her uh, in this show. But mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like she definitely served a purpose here, as far as motivating um, Woody Harrelson's character yeah. into a lot of the actions he he gives us throughout the show. The last episode, let's touch on that.
1: Yeah, let's talk the finale.
0: It. I had such high expectations for the finale, and to be yeah. honest, like. The, the finale easily surpassed my expectations. Really, I was I was blown away by the finale. Not not only how it sort of wrapped up the series, but it sort of felt like a different thing than what we were getting. It was like it was like everything was building up to the finale. It, it felt like a cross between like Fargo and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre at yeah. the end. When, yeah. they, when they come across The House in the Woods, you know, it had aspects of every genre that I like, like crime and uh, sort of drama slash horror at the end. It was, it was quite, you know, satisfactory to me as far as what I wanted. But, you know, people were probably going to criticize it because it didn't have the outcome that they wanted, maybe, or that they had predicted. But yeah. because it, I, th- you can make an argument that the outcome of this case is sort of random. There's not a lot leading up to it. You know, there there's a lot of speculation, but you know, they go to an old woman's house, um, a nursing home, and she's, oh yeah, my house was painted this this year. Do you remember who painted it? Oh yeah, it was this guy, and that's yeah. how they find out who the killer was. It was.
1: I actually really liked that aspect of it because I felt like – I felt like the whole show um, was very – like the the underlying – like what's happening is actually fairly simple. Um, and so I – it's just the, all the complexities around it that make it more difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I kind of liked the whole case – kind of hinged on a very simple detail. Yeah, I know, I agree. That brought that together. I will say, I thought the finale was the weakest of the eight episodes. Wow. Agreed. Um, And most of that, I think, came down to... And we're in spoiler territory at this point for the dear listener. If you haven't watched, go watch it and come back and and finish. Like I said, I think it was the weakest of of the eight episodes. It was still very good. I still would say it's an A or an A-, minus. but uh, my biggest... I don't know issue, but where I felt like it showed some weakness was in the, the chase and then the, the, the ultimate demise of, uh, of the yellow King. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, I felt like that was very cliche for a show that had avoided cliches, uh, quite a bit, in my opinion, like the whole bit of. Rust is basically about to die, then Marty saves him, and then Marty's about to get tomahawked to death, and right at the last second, Rust shoots the guy in the head. And it, it was, I, I've just, you know, I've seen that in a hundred action movies, and it was just a very similar take on, on a, like I said, a show that has really, I think has avoided that sort of uh, cliche up to this point. From that, I, I will say the, the last, like, 10 or 15 minutes i thought we were going to get a big twist yeah. honestly because yeah you know when it got to that point and they've wrapped up the the issue uh, you know the case or whatever but there were still like 10 or 15 minutes left of the move of, of the episode i really thought we were going to get some kind of crazy twist and of course there's like hundreds of of crazy theories out there um, regarding what was gonna happen and so maybe that was part of it like I had read all these things and was kind of waiting for something to happen but I, I really liked that last 10 or 15 minutes because I think I felt like it it went against the yeah, the epilogue, you mean yeah yeah because I, I mean in a normal movie or a normal uh, dark TV show like this neither of those guys survive right or if, yeah. it certainly not both of them survive um, and I really liked Rust's change in his his attitude towards life and stuff cuz that I think was very much against what you normally see in a show like this. I just felt like the build up in that last episode it's really like the 30 middle minutes cuz I felt like the beginning was horrifying of that last episode, right? Like it yeah. really was a terrifying scene that they that they build. Um and then the the like the the epilogue was really good, but the the lead up to the conclusion to me was uh a bit lacking as far as Ingenuity I guess In a show that had really shown that A lot throughout the first seven episodes
0: Yeah I I see your point there Um, But you gotta remember that A this is a like Procedural show Kind of These guys are cops So they kind of have to go about their business like cops would Mm -hmm. But I I thought the twist at the end You know when they show McConaughey like in the hospital bed And he's sort of staring off into space and then Harrelson comes in and he's like, Everything okay? And he's like, No, there's one more thing. You know, I thought McConaughey was going to be like, I actually did it, like confess to the whole thing, yeah. and be like, We just killed an innocent man because of me. You know, all this is because all this pain and sorrow in both of our lives is because of my actions. You know, I thought there was going to be a huge confessional like at the end scene yeah but um obviously that would have pleased too many fans because i think that would have been more predictable than what actually happened right you know but you know that's what i liked so much about this series is that you know there was definitely a conversation that was created um around the show which i feel like hbo didn't anticipate as much as they should have they could have done a lot more online, you know. Yeah. With the True Detective website or something and hashtagging and all that, it was it was definitely more of a debate than I think anyone had had anticipated. And, the, and there were people like coming up with their own theories about yes. who the killer was I mean, going to be before you know. I like that about the show. Oh, absolutely! I love it. I,
1: it became event television. We yeah. talked about this a little bit when we did our Breaking Bad episode, but that doesn't happen very often anymore because there are so many tv choices right so you can watch 150 different shows at any given point so people don't watch the same things they don't talk about the same things um as somebody who watched lost from the very beginning to the end and had some there were plenty of times i had major issues with that show but the best part about lost was the discussion and theories and the like everybody I knew was talking about it and trying to figure out what was happening and stuff. And that was, I think that was very similar with Breaking Bad of like what was going to happen in that final episode or, you know, the final eight episodes or whatever. And this, I think True Detective was the same the same way, which is saying something considering that it's on HBO and so many less people have an opportunity to to see it.
0: Yeah, I I definitely see your point. And uh, do you all have any other general thoughts about, about this show. We've been going for a while here. Uh we'll probably need to wrap it up soon. But man, my overall thoughts is just impressed. I mean I, I remember recommending this on of Recommends after the first episode because I mm-hmm. saw the potential. Um I just I think it definitely lived up to my expectations for the show. And I'm really, really excited about season two. Yeah, yeah they I was got a way
2: us- who who who's your dream season two cast?
0: Oh man I mean, probably the obvious: Will Arnett and Will Forte, the brothers of <laughs> Uh That would be awesome. I don't know. You know, I would like to see a female, maybe well, A female male combo would be would be interesting. Certainly. Um, do y'all have any any ideas? I mean, I know True Detective season two hashtag was been huge for as a joke for the past couple weeks, but um, I think. Yeah, like I said, they've got a lot to live up to here. The
2: Kornheiser-Wilbon one is my favorite. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> that exactly. That would be awesome.
1: No, but- I, to me, I said at the beginning, I think as much as I really, really dig this show and this season, I'm much more excited from the standpoint of what sort of possibilities that's going to l- lend itself to in the future, because I love this this style of, of making a TV show, like from beginning to end, you know what it is. It's eight episodes. Here it is. We can tell the story. There's no stretching it out. You can get a great cast because it's such a short filming period. Um, And so, I mean, I just, I feel like this is such a great, and the fact that it got so popular is a great step in the right direction um, for premium network television, right? So HBO and FX and whatever else, if they can embrace this kind of, this format, then man, I think we're going to have so much, great TV headed our way. I hope for season two and season three and and beyond of this show, I hope that they don't stick to the same um, idea as far as like a serial killer bit. Like I hope the next season is something completely different because this season was perfect. Not only in its casting, but we, we should have mentioned the setting is, is spectacular because Louisiana is creepy just in general. It's just kind of a creepy place. Um, and there's so much weird stuff that you can find there and so they they set the set it perfectly for this story. Um, if you take that same serial killer type vibe and set it somewhere else, I don't know that it works quite as well. I would love to see them do um, like a some sort of like a conspiracy theory yeah uh, one in the next round you know like a maybe a, or like a terrorist cell or or something like that i, I I'd like to see. You know, when we're looking back in 10 years at, you know, the the 10 seasons of True Detective, I'd like it to have been, you know, maybe there's another serial killer at some point, like in season six. A variety of know? crimes. But a I want to see crimes. a variety, yeah. yeah, exactly, of of things that we're delving into with these different casts, because I think that will keep it fresh and make it just as interesting year to year as it was this, this year.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see... The response to this show—if uh, other networks will try to do a similar thing or what—you know—it's um, the Fargo series is coming out really soon mm-hmm. uh, on FX, and so that could have a similar, similar vibe to this. Maybe uh, that stars Martin Freeman from Sherlock and um, Colin Hanks and some other people, and it already got picked up for a full season, so that's a good sign. For Fargo, so so look out for that. But I agree, Brian. I I see potential here to make this more than anyone could have anticipated. uh, You know, in the the second season, I think it'll be probably the most hyped show next year, depending on where The Walking Dead is at that point and and other factors. But man, True Detective season two is going to be an event if they're Mm -hmm. depending on the casting. You know, if they're like. George Lopez and (laughs) Kevin James present, you know. (laughs) Well, I'm just, I'm being Uh, facetious, but. Wow. Yeah. So what are y'all's grades for True Detective? I'm going to give it a solid A.
1: I go A plus.
2: Richard. I'm going to go A minus.
0: Now what, where does this rank as far as your, your series is guys, um, you know, Breaking Bad and Sherlock are, are up there for me. Uh this is quite up there as well though, you know. It's I don't know, the Americans are really good too. I'm in the middle of that right now. Yeah, That's true.
2: strong to quite strong. But man, True Detective is, is To me this was like Brian said, it's more mini series than series to me. Yeah. It's hard to compare. Yeah.
0: I think more shows should should do like 8 episode seasons. Definitely. Yeah, it's just too much to get through for like twenty-two for a season. It's just ridiculous. Can't yeah. take it.
2: And, and changing cast every year. American Horror Story kind of invented that, right? And uh, right, really genius on their part. I mean, totally. You get some really big players.
0: in an anthology drama. That's what it's called. That's what they're yeah. called. Yeah. The, the genre. Uh, all right, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff as always. Y'all want to do a quick weekly recommend?
1: Weekly recommends.
0: I'm gonna recommend a documentary television series that uh, premiered this past weekend on Fox. It it uh, premiered on Sunday night, yes. um, against the True Detective finale and The Walking Dead and whatever else was on uh, was on television on last Sunday night. But it's the premiere of the reinvigorated, uh, rebooted version of Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Uh, on Fox, it is executive produced by none other than Seth McFarlane of Family Guy fame and the wife of the late Carl Sagan, Ann Druyan. Ann Druyan has been trying to get this rebooted for, for quite a long time, apparently, uh, from my research. And she actually met up with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Seth McFarlane, who they all met each other at some convention or fundraiser or something for like science education and they just got to talking one day and she was like man i've just really been i've been i had this new vision for carl's series that i want to you know bring it back and uh seth MacFarlane was like hey i've got money i'll fund the whole thing for you so you know he was a huge financier he brought it to fox fox committed to putting it on for 13 episodes uh, for 13 weeks, you know, bumping The Simpsons and Family Guy and their big animation domination Sunday, Sunday night lineup for this, you know, educational series, really, um, for the Fox Network, which is you know they don't put a lot out a lot of educational series, uh, depending on how you look at. Comically,
2: it makes up for dads. That's taught us a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I think Seth MacFarlane feels bad about dads. So, you know, he he needed to educate some people. But I saw the first episode. It sort of talks about the Milky Way and the Earth's place in the Milky Way and stuff. It's a It's,
2: awesome. it's hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And it, keeps, it goes into some multiverse stuff which yeah. you guys may not know is a big fascination of mine the multiverse and uh yeah. Very cool.
0: It's a really it's sort of like Morgan Freeman's Through the Wormhole except not as ridiculous i would say like morgan morgan Freeman's through the wormhole lost me when they had an episode that was like does reality really exist yeah <laughs> are we really here uh yes we're here because we're here because we're all here <laughs> does time exist yes time exists because it does i can i can tell you right now time is a thing but it this is definitely based in reality and it, it It asks questions, which I like in in documentary science shows. Uh, Really well done. The production values are great. Um, Really cool to look at.
2: The only down part would be those weird animations they did for, like, Copernicus and stuff.
0: Yeah, they did. They they did, like, weird uh, 2D animation for some stuff. Um, We'll have to see where it goes in the 13 episodes. But, I mean, if it's only a 13-episode thing and then they threw it on DVD, I think that's a pretty cool deal. You know, it'll be something worth having. I think the original Cosmos is worth checking out, too. I believe it's on Netflix. Um, But definitely check that out. Or read the book Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, So, yeah, educate yourself and check out and put a series order on this TV show on Fox called Cosmos, A Space-Time Odyssey. That's what it's called. So, uh, there you go. That's my recommend. Brian?
1: Yeah, I'm going to just give you a couple of we've talked about before. We may have even recommended one or two of them but uh two movies two of the my favorite movies from 2013 both hit uh dvd blu-ray in the last couple of days uh the hunger games catching fire and inside lewin davis are both readily available to you really lewin davis is out already yep it hit today so uh make sure you check that out i i've ordered my copy it should be here in a day or two i love inside lewin davis i didn't go to best buy shut up um but uh one of my favorite movies we talked about we we all really enjoyed it quite a bit but i i i would think it was number 4 on my list this year loved it it's such a fun fun's not even the right word but man what a what a great movie i'm really excited to watch it again and I've still just I don't think that, that CD has left my uh my player in my car since I since I saw the movie. I've just been listening to it constantly. I love it so much. Uh and then Hunger Games for me was the best uh was the best blockbuster of the year. So uh check those out and if you if you missed them in theaters, uh they are available to you in multiple formats now. So uh, a
0: little connection to True Detective here. The uh, the theme to True Detective T Bone Burnett, who also did the. Inside Lou Davis music. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Good little recommend there, Brian. And I definitely would would second that. Definitely check out both those films. Great stuff.
2: Uh, Richard recommend. Hey, sure. Can't you actually stole my recommend? So I'm going to go with something else. Up Dang it. of my little pants. Um, I'm going to go new late night show. I'm going to do the Seth Meyers show. Cool. Uh, which is always fun to watch those shows in their infancy, and I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, it's a little vanilla. Right now, but I think it'll kick up. And Fred Armisen makes me giggle um, yep. with his interactions with the guests. He's probably the star of the show so far, which Myers should probably get tabs on here pretty quick. But uh, definitely an enjoyable hour, fun spirit to it. Um, I think they should maybe go a little meaner with it, only because Fallon kind of has the uh, the nice corner uh, cornered, uh, so to speak. But uh, definitely a, a fun little show. And uh, gotta love late night. I mean, I've been watching late night my whole life, so uh, it's this is now my fourth late night host in my life so uh,
0: yeah uh, enjoyed enjoyed it so far the the definitely uh, saw growth in like the first episode I watched the the premiere it's kind of rough yeah. at the beginning yeah so like I watched a week later infinitely better yeah already he's so much used more used to being up there I like how he you know he'll do his monologue and then he goes and sits down and then him and Fred have a have a little chat it's before yeah. every show and they just kind of cut up. I love that, and I like how he's had SNL cast members on there. Yeah,
2: yeah. I like that too. But I hope that doesn't continue forever. No, I don't no know I'm, I'm sure it's all like, like
0: uh... have have your friends on there at first, and then yeah. whatever. You know, they all. All you got to do is come down the hall. I mean, how hard is it for them to book those people? You know? Oh, exactly. It's uh, Keenan was on there. I think Sandberg was on last night.
2: Yep.
0: You know, it's uh, and Fallon's been doing well for the, the Tonight Show. I've been Definitely. yeah, very impressed with. With what he's done with the, that show,
1: it's- yeah, Fallon's been great, man. I I've actually I've kept with Fallon. I've kept up with with Fallon. I mean, you know, one or two episodes behind, but um, it's that's become my my go to show. I still record Conan, and I'll watch uh, the episodes that you know where I'm excited about a guest or whatever. But Fallon is man better than I expected him to be.
0: Apparently, Conan is here in town right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they're just been, researching. Yeah, he's been
0: hanging out in Dallas, Two different
1: people with profile
2: pictures with Conan, and I'm very uh, Gosh. Yeah. He came into my friend's Western store. He's just shooting all the bits. Yeah, so yeah. So he came in a weekend early to shoot.
0: Yeah, I love Conan. What an awesome, awesome guy. But yeah, the Seth Meyers show is great. I love the, the little bit Fallon did, the Barbershop Quartet doing Ignition. Yeah. R. Kelly. I was like, that is – so genius
2: they're stealing my show guys yeah that's exactly what we would have
0: done like in the first week we would have been like we need to do something with ignition (laughs) definitely awesome great recommend richard and uh, i will recommend that as well very impressed with with mr myers although i gotta admit man jimmy kimmel has been stealing my stealing my viewership he's in austin this week doing live from south by southwest and He's uh, broadcasting from the Draft House down in Austin. That's very cool. And f- had Seth Rogen on last night, Snoop Dogg. Wow. How <laughs> funny was that? It was so good. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention this week? I love you.
1: I love
0: you. I all love right. You. And on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema.
2: <laughs> Bye. Spectre on, the scene's been called for clues Whoa, whoa